Hey, this is James Wisniewski, and you're listening to Chasing Birdies. All right, y'all, we're back here for another episode of Chasing Birdies, and we are just scattered all over the place this week, people. I'm in Bend, Oregon right now for the Link Soul 2, man. My man, Pepe, you there? I'm there, buddy. I'm, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, bud. So I am oh, uh, yeah. working, and then... Um, Afternoon, I am playing a, a cool spot here in Nashville that a lot of you have never gotten on. So, oh, buddy, you're so stoked playing Troubadour, I huh? Wait. I've been waiting for I years, for but uh, but today's episode is brought to you by Lynx Brewing. So make sure you go check them out at lynxbrewing.com. They are making the fabulous Chase and Birdies Blondale. Um, I had some over the weekend, and they were very tasty. And it just reminded me how good they were. So go check them out. You had a pretty eventful weekend. Let's catch up real quick here. We had the President's Cup. USA obviously took it down, so kudos to I'll tell to you that. what, though. Hey, international, uh, they made a little bit of a came comeback, back. bud. Like, they made a run, man. Uh, so apparently uh, JT was pissed off at the one guy for hushing. On Sunday, give him the finger over the lips, the crowd, and JT said that pissed him off. Well, I mean, I think if anything, it just fired him up a little more too, but sometimes you get that, like when Peering pisses me off, it's like I got to hit the best shot of my life. That happens, you know? Um, then you had the big smoke. Joyce's Jewelry put on the Joyce's big smoke. Joyce's Jewelry put golf the big smoke. Yeah, it was a blast. It was a good time. Woody Woodyard and his partner took home the crown. You know, they, good, they went – into a playoff net versus gross. Uh, Drew Camion won the net and his partner, and uh, Woody Woodard won the gross. They went into the playoff, and I think Drew, they were playing alternate Sean. I think Drew hit one off the tee into the hazard. They couldn't find it, so they just gave it to him. So they won two awesome. worst watches. Um, but Otzi and I, I mean, we finished second in the net. We finished, I think, top four in the gross, but they don't, they only gave you whatever play, whatever one paid higher, that's where you placed. You couldn't place in both because there was pro shop. Both. Because I need that. I got you. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you're also out of visits this year at the Pete Dye. So. I'm officially um, done at Pete Dye for the year, so don't ask me to come back. I'm done. No. See you in 23, bud. The course was good. Well, though, good, bud. I'm glad you – yeah, Pete Dye, the golf club uh, in Bridgeport, West Virginia, the course is incredible. So – Glad you had a good good weekend there, and obviously, as you all know by now, uh, Peering and I were playing in the Link Soul Two Man event here in Bend, Oregon, at the Pronghorn Resort. And I tell you what, bud, we got shit stomped the first match. We lost fourteen to four, mm. and then match two through five, we just shit stomped, and we played really well. Peering, he struggled at very minimal times. Um, he and I had the best energy we've had together. He was very happy. He was very energetic. It's very he was, unlike him. You know, he's crunching the numbers. He's pumping it up. Like Overall, we had a great time. Uh, we probably played the best we could have played over the last final four matches. Uh, but clearly, we didn't win our flight because of the, uh, the eight ball we were behind. But at uh, any rate, it was a lot of fun. And, it's awesome. Um, I'm proud of you guys. Today, but Peering, today, Peering guaranteed yeah. another one. Like, dude. I mean, you guarantee we're going to win, dude. It's their year. Every year is your year, but it's like the Cincinnati Reds. Every year it's your year. Well, you so know, it's that positive you wanna, outlook. You want hearing, I hate to tell you, but I know you're listening, but the hash text me on the side so I'm your, his partner next year. So, No, that's not true. That's not true, but I will say, Pep, if I if we do the Link Soul 2 Man at Stream Song, you are going to be my partner. <laughs> and uh, I got I to gotta save hearing for Pronghorn. It just goes like peanut butter and jelly. Switching back over today, though, we have a, a scratch golfer, former NHL defenseman James Wisniewski mm-hmm. on the podcast today, and the guy's a golf addict like no other. No other. He's like the rest of us, bud. Uh, He's chasing birdies in life and uh, on the course. So Yeah. I, some of the stories so, no, he told I'm, are wild. So I can't hear for everybody to hear some of these stories at Muirfield Village. Um, I know he's out at a special place, Shearwood out in, in California as well, but Muirfield Village – we love that place. So uh, if yeah. you don't like Mirafield Village, go the hell home. That's a good one, boys. So let's uh, turn this bad boy right over to James Wisniewski here on Chasing Birdies. 
As you all know by now, Chase and Birdies is proud to be partners with Holderness and Born. Check them out online at hbgolf.com. Holderness and Born makes fabulous pieces that help you look good on the course, even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to chasingbirdies.com to get some custom chasing birdie gear from Holderness and Born. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's chasingbirdies.com and Holderness and Born at hbgolf.com. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Chasing Birdies. And this week's guest, former NHL defenseman James Wisniewski, joins us here on Chasing Birdies. And my man is a golf addict like no other. J Dub, what's up? What's happening, fellas? Thanks for having me. Oh, golf man, addict. we're stoked to have you. Statement, probably. <laughs> hey, that's why we're, we're all on this podcast, right? We love it. Exactly. So, where are you at now? You out in California? Yep. Uh, we. Wife and I just got a uh, a house in Agora Hills. We were in uh, renting in Sherwood for about ten months, and then we found a house in Agora Hills. So it's like seventeen minutes away from Sherwood. So oh, is that where God. you're playing out there right now? Yep, joined there uh, last October. Got in last October. Yeah, very nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah a bunch of good good dudes there, and the course, the views, and stuff. It's it's pre- it's a pretty special place to be honest. Didn't they didn't they shoot the um, wasn't there a tiger match there? Well, they used to do Tiger's whole, uh, you know, his old Hero World Challenge was there and to Albany. And then they had the Zozo there, I think, during um, COVID. Yeah, that's right. I think Cantlay won that one, I believe. Because I think Justin Thomas on hole six, which I think is played as hole 15. I think he hit the par three. It's kind of their signature. I think he hit in the water or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I know how that feels. Yeah. I guess. Oh, Justin, they hit in that water plenty of times, too. I was just going to ask my man how life treating him post NHL. Uh, he had a long career, good career, you know. So how's it li- how's it like right now? Yeah, you know, uh, it's good. You know, like the the biggest thing, um, you know, I wish professional sports probably kind of almost had a class or kind of like a two year thing for the retiree guys of when they're done because you kind of we didn't live a normal life, I guess, growing growing up right i right. mean i had curfews when i was 15 16 when kids are going to high school parties you know i had games on the weekend playing the ohl you know went to my senior prom on crutches because i had my tore my first acl you know in april of my senior year you know even after high school and kids are in college i'm still playing major junior for two years you know trying to get an nhl contract and you know then sign play pro buy my first house at 21 you know so you're kind of i don't want to say like you don't realize it but hockey kind of takes over you as a as a person you know you yeah. kind of, it, it almost expedites you as a person as well like you're living hockey players are much more mature than a and i hate to say it but nfl major league a 20 year old hockey player compared to one of them just because you've had to live on your own Right. For so many years. Yeah. And then we don't, a lot of us don't even do the college life. So like those guys are still partying and, you know, till they're 22 and then they, you know, obviously there's the, you know, the, the exceptions and stuff, but a lot of guys in major junior they're they go live with a billet, they call it, you know, so Mm -hmm. they go live with a random family they've never met, you know, they, they're living there. You're so you're pretty much living on your own. Um, and then, like I said, turned pro at 20. So I'm down in Norfolk for my first year pro. So mm-hmm. I kind of, my point is, is that when you retire, I mean, you kind of were James Wisniewski or, you know, Joe Blow, the hockey player. And then now you got to mm-hmm. kind of almost like refine who you are as a person. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people be like, oh, hockey didn't define me. Yeah, it's kind of fucking bullshit, to be honest. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It like, did, though. It really did, though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you're like, if you introduce yourself and you're like, "Hey, James," you'd be like, "Are you the NHL, James?" Yeah. So obviously, it it was the defining it associates itself. So yeah. then, when you're done, you're kind of like, "Fuck, now what?" You know. <laughs> obviously, people go into business, but then like maybe you're not a salesperson. So then you're like, "Huh? Do I start?" A, you kind of just you're out on your own. You're on your own island, and mm-hmm. then. It sounds fun and all, like, for the first couple of years, you know, like, yeah, I get to play golf, travel, and all that stuff. But, I mean, it, at, to a point, it's kind of like, all right, 
I got to kind of do something. I'm only 30. I was 35 when I was 34 or 35 when I retired. I'm 38 now. And I'm like, fuck, I'm kind of bored. Like, I only could do this for so much. I kind of got to start doing something. You can almost feel a little bit like not a loser, but you're like, all right, uh, what are you doing today? I don't know. I'm watching the Breakfast Cup and watching my two-year-old. I don't Clean know. my grips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, is it too Clean soon to pop a high noon? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about your hockey career because you had a good hockey career. You know, as you said, you went to the o- OHL. For a lot of people that don't know the hockey world, you go OHL. And does it go OHL any, or AHL than NHL? Is well, that the, kind of the – I guess it kind of depends how good you are, right? But that's the toughest thing for hockey is trying to describe – the way you kind of make it pro obviously every other sport it's uh, college basketball college football or college baseball you know some guys get drafted out of high school and they go to rookie ball then a ball double a so that's kind of confusing as well so ohl major junior there's ohl the qj mhl which is the quebec junior major hockey league and then the whl which is the western hockey league so there's three different leagues 20-ish teams per league and there, it's all all NHL uh, rules, so you're allowed to fight. You know, there used to be tag up icing when there was tag up icing when I first. Mm-hmm. You know, so two line passing, just like any when the NHL had two line passing. You know, that's how old I am, I guess. So when I was playing the OHL, there's all mm-hmm. those where college didn't. It was the non touch icing, like there is now. No two line passing. They were cages. You know, you get fight, you get two game suspension. So it was kind of like a, I guess there was a way to say there's a quicker way to pro hockey that way. Um, so that was kind of, I had that and I had some baseball scholarships. So if hockey, oh, really, I would have played baseball. Yeah. So correct wow. me if I'm wrong. When you're in the OHL, the QJ, MHL, you get paid. It's like a hundred dollars a week. Yeah. It's, it's, it's $50 a week, a hundred dollars every two weeks. So you're considered a pro or semi pro. So you lose your college eligibility. Okay. And uh, you talk to any college hockey guy, they make like the thousand dollar stipends a month where they get to pay for their food, their books. But mm-hmm. then in their, if they have a full ride scholarship, their books are already paid for. And mm-hmm. then, you know what I mean? So they actually make way more than we do, but mm-hmm. we're considered a pro. It's, it's fucking, it's such bullshit. Yeah, well, the NIL, the NIL, I mean, in your bet, we'll get into Ohio State, but that, I mean, you know, we had Ryan Chazier on our podcast and, and he's all for it. And I, I mean, it's one of those things where, again, you know, what you were saying to you wish somebody would teach you after your career. Well, before your career, I mean, my point is you're giving these 18, 19 year olds $2 million. They should put a million and a half of that into an account for them. They can't touch. Exactly. Something or like if you want to get like um, you know, not stipends, if you want to get um, like draws, draws or something where you, yeah. so you can go out and blow it on a Bentley for 300 grand, but you could get yeah. like, they give you 10 grand a month, you know, or mm-hmm. like not even five grand a month to pay for your rent or whatever it is as you just, so it just keeps you established. So you, then when you turn 30, then you can do whatever you, get you want. Yeah. You know, and you, you get a million bucks and you can, you know, buy a house or do whatever you want just because you get that kind of money at that, that quickly. I mean, it's... I, I learned it's, you think it's going to last forever. And then all of a sudden, like you said, you have retired at 38 and then the stock market's down like fucking 20 some percent. You're like, Oh my God, that all that money starts dwindling away. And you're like, Oh, real quick. Here we go. Went yeah, from 27 whole day to an 18 whole day. instead. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, but all of a sudden when, you're two under, you look at the stock market and you went double, double, triple. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going home. Yeah. No, nah, but that's the truth though, man. Like, you know, as you get into that stage after you retire, and I use the word retire lightly because at 35, you're, you're still full of life. You got shit to do. You want to do something. You're trying to figure something out. These guys now, you know, you see a lot of them go into broadcasting. Right. Um, which I don't think is a bad move because you take a guy like, for example, Tony Romo. Uh, I used to not really enjoy listening to him on CBS, but dude, he is a freaking he sets it out for you understand what the fuck he's saying so it makes perfect sense for a former athlete to go into the broadcasting role and i I don't know you know in the hockey world if that's even something that's more you know popular or not but um it would be a kind of a challenge just figuring out like you you don't want to sit home all day what the hell are you going to do at home well yeah so that's that was kind of the thing so after my 
career kind of pretty much ended with that car crash with Bud Colley. So then I had like traumatic brain injury during in that car crash. Um, so I, you know, the way my career ended with my fourth ACL surgery that I had and, um, you know, just not getting another chance. So you, you kind of, I kind of resented hockey for a little bit. And yeah. by the time that I wanted to get back in, it's kind of one of those things where you, you kind of, you, you see you all these stay in it almost stay in it like right away. Once you like kind of retire, you got to go like right in. I kind of went two years and I tried to get the blue jacket pre and post game job. And they gave it to, um, John, Jody John, John Luke Grandpierre. Oh, and then, and then I went to Vegas the same year to try to get, that was the very first year or second year. And then they gave it to him. I remember he was our third goalie in, um, Anaheim when I was there he was like our black ace goalie I forgot but he was only there for a year then he left but Mm -hmm. so and then they picked him so it was kind of one of those things where it was like oh why don't you get into coaching I mean I know a bunch of coaches they're like it's it's literally almost impossible well it's like you got to be a scout and you got to you know you're making nothing being a scout going to these shit rinks and you're gone 200 days a year and and you're like I got kids at home like I mean do I really want to do this and it's just like yeah, you got to pick your battles. I mean, you had a again a very good NHL career. Um, played just about five hundred games, right? Five fifty, yeah. Yeah, five five fifty. For that you, um, what was the NHL like? I mean, you're living a childhood dream as a thirty year old, a thirty one year old, twenty one. It was, yeah, I was twenty one. I think my first NHL game um, in St. Louis, and it was just you know surreal especially because my first starting game in detroit or sorry my first game in in joe lewis arena grew up you know watching obviously the red wings and their starting lineup was uh steve eisman brett hall brendan shanahan nick lidstrom and chris chelios and i was like what the fuck am i doing (laughs) what am i doing here i was looking across during like the national anthem i'm like "Uh uh-oh I'm like, get me out of five Hall of Famers just staring at you. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, so, I mean, it was a lot of surreal moments where you're, like, you know, playing against guys that you kind of idolized growing up and yeah, and places that you're like, oh, man, it'd be sick to play in MSG. Mm-hmm. You know, then I get to score a goal in MSG. You know, so, I mean, he's got some, some pretty cool um, – you know, I got to play with the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, the most winning, winningest franchise in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i mean you're treated like an absolute living god i mean it was that was one of the most incredible uh you know hockey experiences i probably had yeah i mean montreal nice. is where it's at too like you said again it's like every every time you, you come out of that tunnel and it's just like you look around and you're like what the what am i doing it's like a golfer stepping on augusta national right, right. like it's just like what are you doing here i'm not even supposed to corner and you're like what I'm actually here playing, you know, yeah. if you're actually playing in the masters and you're third round going to amen's corner, like, wow, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I made it, you know what I mean? It's, it's like a, like it's a surreal moment. So when you were in Columbus, did you play for Tortorella at all? No, he was there right. Um, right after, after. I, was, I think I was in Carolina then. Yeah. I hear he's, he's, I mean, you either love him or hate him. So, well, yeah, I, Everybody said I kind of missed the coach that would have loved me because you know, <laughs> the shit what you do as long as you come to the the rink ready to work hard. So, you know, there's some guys that are not going to fit well with him. Mm. And the craziest thing that's that's another thing about like team sports is you can get put or positioned as a player, and if you don't get that opportunity, if your coach doesn't like you, like Todd Richards and I butted heads like crazy. Mm. We did not mesh well. But, you know, i give you an example. I had 51 points my third year there. We start the following season. We have a five-on-three in the first game, and I'm not on the fucking power play. Like, mm, yeah. I'm like the seventh most, like, productive defenseman in the last five years or six years combined, like, points per game. If you look at the stats I have of the chart – and I'm not in the fucking power play. So is that yeah. something you go into the locker room as a player and you go up to him and say, hey, bud, what, like, what the fuck? What are we doing uh, here? At that time, I could because I'm old enough and, yeah. you know, yeah, I guess track record. status and I'm allowed kind of. But a lot of times if you're younger, you just fucking bite the bullet. That's the 
that's the one problem with hockey is that it's like the it's a tier old, system. It's it well, it's an old white man's fucking like you shut your fucking mouth and like good work. Your, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where if you look at fucking football, if you're a I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, yes. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> if you look at football, you'll have a wide receiver. It's like my coach is a fucking idiot. Yeah. He, he needs to give me the ball more. Yeah. And sure enough, the next game he'll get like 14 targeted at him. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if he doesn't like it, then he'll call his coach right out. And if he can get his coach fired in mm-hmm. hockey, you do that, you get benched and then suspended. They'll send you to the minors and yeah. nobody will pick you up and you just get absolutely buried. Because yeah. all the guys will just be together and be like, oh, no, no, he's a bad guy. Don't don't pick him on your team. Yeah. You know, it's like the like I said, it's just that old gray hair white man sport that they just like, oh, we're the power here. None of these little young whippersnappers are going to take it from yeah. us. They better shut their mouths and do as they're told. Well, you look, at the, you look at the the coaching system of the NHL, they just rotate. There's 30 coaches that just rotate. That's just, just gonna, that is a perfect example. They regurgitate everywhere. Dude, that guy's not fucking successful anymore. Stop fucking hiring him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, he won a Stanley Cup in 2000. <laughs> like, fuck it. Get over it, man. Like, get another guy a chance from the mm-hmm. minors that he's like 38 years old, 40, that he kind of knows the game, knows how to treat kids nowadays that are, you know, it's a bunch different of like, personalities, softies. right? Yeah. Like- but now, like back in the day, they used to be like, fucking play harder. And you'd be like, oh, I got to toughen it out. Now you got to like, you got to read people. Like, you hey, should buddy. have to be like a psychology fucking You're not playing very well right now. <laughs> oh, this guy likes this guy likes to get yelled at. That guy likes to be coddled. Don't fucking talk to that guy. Give that guy a handshake. Give this guy a kick in the ass. Some people are made different. You yeah. know what I mean? You can't just beat a horse all the time. Oh, you know, so you gotta pet him and be like, hey, good job. Or like, hey, we'll get after it. So like you said, yeah. they just regurgitate coaches. It's, it's just like, like dude. Like I told the old white boy group that they didn't make any money playing back in the day so like well we'll just stay together and just have these owners pay us millions of dollars just to keep each other yeah it's like you know like like, we, on, like philly you know? right now they signed torts yeah i mean but you guys suck in general what do you it doesn't exactly. matter he's they're just not they're, the coach they're, 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 i tell this what's gonna happen i get mark my words they'll fucking start off hot they'll probably be close to making the playoffs right if not like be there Next year, they'll be last place because mm-hmm. everybody's going to be scared as shit to play for that guy. So they're going to play fucking hard. So they're like, well, this is my job. Mm-hmm. I got to play hard. I got to play well. So I get playing time. And then they're going to be like, from what I've heard, because I heard I would have loved the guy. So, I mean, he's very patriotic, which I fucking mad respect for his son being in the mm-hmm. military and all that stuff. So, but from what I heard, this one, what I heard, I don't know from experience, they're going to fucking shut their ears and be like, fucking, I, I can't do this anymore. And then they're just going to go, and then they'll, they'll fire him after two and a half years and be like, I don't know what happened to the yeah. organization. Oh, well, you know, and they'll get hired in like New Jersey. Right. You know, and you're like, it's the same thing. Give a guy a chance. Give another guy a chance. But I feel like, I feel like it's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Give someone else a chance, switch it up a little bit. But we've been dealing with the same fucking line in Pittsburgh now for how long? Oh, my God. And it's like, it ain't working. Like, Malkin, why are you even back here? Like, he should have been gone this year, bud. Like, hit the road. This year? He should have been gone three years ago, bud. Whatever. Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm actually surprised, too. Yeah. That was a... That was a... He whined and complained until he got his contract, and he got it, and Sid complained for him and whatever yep. it's it's so but they got their three stanley cups or whatever so they're good they can off and, this, and they don't give a fuck what right so then why come back like yeah whatever um they they own the organization they're, they do like anybody's gonna yell at them no. if he went somewhere else somebody might question him he'd be like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah what are you doing no one questioned don't, don't me. Talk to me like that so. <laughs> uh so so obviously you're a diehard golfer where did the love, the passion? I mean, you are a diehard. So where did it come from, man? Like, did your parents play he's golf? A scratch. Did you grow up in it? By the way, guys, he's a scratch. Zero. Uh, so yeah, my mom actually played on the men's varsity high school team for four years. Your mom played um, on the men's team for four years in high school. Yeah. Could you imagine if that happened? Well, that does happen now. Never mind. Go. Ahead. Yeah, it does happen. Can you imagine? Like, I mean, this is, we're talking about the fucking like early seventies or yeah. 60s. 
Sorry, mom. I meant like the nineties. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, could you imagine like back then you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, abroad and she like she fires up a 37. You're like, God damn, I lost two down <laughs> two and one. Uh, but my grandfather, my mom's dad was an avid golfer and he pretty much taught me how to golf. I remember him like, taking newspaper clippings on the proper way to like fix a divot or fix a ball mark, how to take a divot and like failing mm-hmm. them to me. I mean, like this, we're talking old school and I'm like, you know, five years old, six years old. So, I mean, I've been golfing since I was probably two, three years old. And then, you know, I played high competitive baseball and baseball kind of ruined my golf swing for a good eight year span, mm-hmm. seven years. And, and then after pro, you know, started playing pro hockey, obviously work out golf every day. Work out six, seven in the morning, come home, eat. One o'clock. All day golf. All <laughs> literally right to the golf course and just all day golf. You know, so that's kind of how literally my whole pro pro career was pretty much. It sucked you, when you were in Montreal then. There was no, not much golf and practice. That's why after the playoffs, stay there for like five days and I'm like, boo, see you <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, no, man. It's it's one of those things where, like, even with with your hockey background and other athletes, there's so many components of the golf swing that can carry over, specifically from the hockey, your hockey experience. I mean, with with your rotation and all that jazz. And so, ultimately, you grew up in Michigan, and you know there's some great courses up in Michigan, phenomenal courses around Chicago. Um, you end up playing in the NHL. End your career in Columbus, Carolina, 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 which Raleigh. I mean, Old Chatham. Oh, dude, good courses down there too. Old Chatham, so good. I wanted to play. Is uh, is it? It's Tobacco Road in South Carolina. No, North Carolina. It's about forty minutes from Raleigh. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to play because I got cleared to play golf in like late March. So I got to go down and play Pinehurst. Yeah, that was. Um, so I actually belong to TPC Wakefield there where they used to have a corn ferry tour mm-hmm. event there. So I got to play with like Grayson Murray and, um, Carl Peterson, Chris Wilson was on tour for a hot sec couple of years. So we had a pretty good group cause it's kind of fun. We, mm-hmm. when the course was closed on Monday, they would let us all go play. So we play like a five sum and mm-hmm. play there. So that was actually pretty fun. So that was a good, good course. We went to Ireland with a guy that you played with, uh, Hayden Fleury. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a stick. Yeah. He's a stick. Pretty good. Yeah. He's got. He's tall too, so I'm, I can imagine his nice, tall, lanky swing. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, it's just put it low good bullets. Too. Yeah, I could see that for sure. But I love Scotland golf. That's the best. Oh. Yeah, Scotland, Ireland. I mean, the fact that yeah. they don't they don't do any they don't punch those courses at all, and they just with all that oh. rain they still firm up. Like we get so much rain, it's softer than an apple pie in your grandma's kitchen every fucking day here <laughs> right. exactly i just love because you have to play every shot there i mean like i almost say like u.s golf is just hit as far as you can and figure it out there you have to play into the wind and knock down five iron from like 140 you know what i mean mm-hmm. or just you have to it's use so your spoiled. imagination You're so spoiled. Just, yeah Dude, i mean it's insane over there every caddy there hey but you play golf yeah i play golf lad What's your handicap? Plus one. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, every one of them. (laughs) Like, so I'm like, what are they thinking what I'm doing right now? Like, this is a debacle. They probably can't wait to get done. Johnny Johnson, we went over uh, the first time I went there. I think it was 2013 or 12, 2012, maybe. And there's eight people. We played the old course. And those two caddies had us at Jubilee the, the day before we yep. requested them for the course. And we had a good match. You know, I think we both shot one or two over or something like that. So first hole, we were talking about rock hard. To the to the bank, it's like, what, 270 on the first hole? Hits four iron into the, into the fucking bank. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, that happened like it hit it like 225 230 off the tee and it fucking boom 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 went to the water yeah so i'm just disheveled fucking fillet it right back into the water and i'm like oh my god oh my god so then i hit it on the green two putt for a crowd pleasing triple my buddy makes par and i look at my my caddy and i'm like you guys are betting against us aren't you and he goes yep so they bet they'll bet like his tip against 
That's yep. hilarious. Guy, which which player is going to win? So they have no control, right? right. I end up winning. I are from then on in, but um, but it was just funny because they'll gamble on you, yeah, with each other. I love the, the like the whole like drinking beers at the turn with you and drinking them as we're we're walking like that would never happen in the u.s i mean it's some places it does because the caddy's like i don't care just give it to me but like you're button up places you're not doing it you're not walking in the you stand outside we'll come out we'll bring a drink out to you they're like you want a cigarette mm-hmm. like smoke and you're like oh yeah sure, sure. Like it. Why not? yeah I'll take it yeah. here <laughs> we were at uh yeah. trump turnberry over there did you play there you play turnberry yeah i did the best best part about that place is that little par three in the front. Oh my god! You just sit up there, and just get fucking oh yeah, Guinnesses and gamble and just fucking playing your flip flops the whole time. And then that hole up to the lighthouse, I forget what hole it is, kind of meanders along that coastline, dude. That that place was pure. Yeah. pure but we got done. Our stupid caddy was like, "No, you're not allowed to hit from there. Only the pros." And I'm like, "Are you fucking serious? Come on, man." Yeah, that's another what issue. Does they didn't let what us. Does it matter to you? Like, just let me do right, this. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm teeing it up. You saw me hit like. Eight drives already. Why did you? You can see that I can play golf. I'm not going to play. Take a dip right. on that <laughs> with a driver. It's like 470. What's wrong with you? Yeah, right. It, they do that, dummies. But we got done, and the caddy's like, "Hey, hey, gents, uh, you guys want anything tonight? You guys going out? You want us to get you some weed? You want some, you know, whatever? <laughs> like, but we just want a pint. Interested in having a beer? Because I probably just shot a hundred. But right. Um, but no, Scotland. I mean, you got. Play, you probably played um, Carnoustie. Yeah, play Carnoustie is one of the rounds I ever played. It was the following year. I was five under after 14. I went three putt, three putt, par, and I made a bogey. So I ended up shooting 70. Yeah, that's a good round there. All right, now. I mean, how about that go. cat yeah. in the British Open? My man, did you – like when I was walking up the 18th, I'm looking at this hole, and I'm thinking about the guy, John Claw. What's his name, Pep? I mean, I mean, bud, bud you don't, it's stupid. Like, I mean, granted, he got probably a horrible break. He even said, if I hit this two iron, if I hit it over the thing, I get a free drop, blah, blah, blah. I get that. I get that. But I have no qualms with you hitting seven iron, nine iron pitching wedge onto that green. I've, I've been like, that's smart, smart play. And you could four putt for the, for the win, win or whatever but he went into well, how water. About like this week, like, how about this last week? Max Homa, my man, had a five footer, and he blows it by six feet, and he misses that one and loses by one. It's like, what? I would have loved the live odds. Oh yeah, this is where you wish you're in Back to the Future, where you could like press pause and rewind, and put like, I bet you it had to have been Max Homa wins, not not in a playoff. After his bunker shot, Max Homa wins this tournament outright on 18. Had to have been fucking 100,000 to one. I mean, insane. Yeah, because it was virtually He's, a lot. You had to chip right? it in. You had to chip it in. I had four feet inches. Danny Will had four feet 10 inches to, for birdie to, to win. win no matter what. Max Homa had to chip that in just to tie. And, met, and then Will would have to miss yeah. and miss again <laughs> to win. I mean, like it had to have been maybe more million to one, but a hundred bucks down, you make a hundred million bucks. So, I mean, yeah. are you still a member at Muirfield Village? Yep. I mean, it's I'm like the, the legend of Muirfield Village. You go to Muirfield Village and it's like, whiz oh this, whiz that. And I said, what are we, who are we <laughs> talking about here? When I was there for 10 years, I probably, I had to, uh, I had to have like over a thousand rounds of golf there. Easy. Yeah. They said all you like, did was golf, which, that's all I did. I got to be honest with I you. I mean, okay. Just, uh, Let me just say this: worst places in the world in that place. Right. That right. course is inside my top three all day long. We go out every year. Our boy I Robin Sears. Robin. Hence why we're here. But here's yep. the bottom line: Pep calls me up. We're going to Muirfield. I said, "Bud, I'm not driving." Okay. It's a three-hour drive, Wiz. No, I said, "Bud, from bad. Pittsburgh." Yeah, so it's it's pointless to fly. It takes longer well, to fly than one would think, bud. But here you go. No, we we are not doing our part in the carbon capture world right now because we emit <laughs> all that bullshit in the air. We hop on a little PJ. We're there in twenty minutes. <laughs> We're there in twenty minutes, James. <sighs> right. Muirfield Village has that beautiful little pickup service from you know 
the airport. They drive us over. We meet Robin. We go to the range. We hit, peg it up, play, get some drinks. The halfway house is amazing, by the way. Finish up, have a little lunch, a couple milkshakes to go, back to the airport. I'm home by 5 o'clock. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Period. That That's that is the way to do it. So Dude, we there's it. not a bad golf hole there. There, no, li- there's literally not a bad golf hole. We played it before the Reno. I feel like that course, there's like 18 or at least 17 like signature holes. I'd say number 17 might be the only one that might not be a signature mm-hmm. hole, but it's still damn golf hole. Other than that, you just keep going. You're like, holy fuck. And I always say that course, whatever you have as a weakness, it exposes it. Yeah. Dude. Like if you don't have length, it's exposing it. You can't chip. You can't. I don't have good iron shots. You don't have wedge shots. If you don't have a bunker game, you're really fucked because all those bunkers are four feet deep. I'll tell you, the hardest hole for me out there is fuck, number three. Like Number oh, three. I, I hit it out there. We have like eight iron in, nine iron in, and it's just an odd, like, coming no, across that green going it this way. Out. It just it angles out. The wind is kind of in a weird spot, so if you – Feather it out; it just leaks into the water. I mean, he's in a water. Or if you pull it, bunker, then you're probably gonna hit your bunker shot into the water. Yeah, like that <laughs> hole to me, it, it just gives me more trouble than any other hole out there, just because it it just looks, it just does not fit my eye. That second so, shot. So Pep and I are playing a match this year at Muirfield, and on that hole, he comes up to me on the green. He says, "Hey, Bash," he said, "I just picked up." He said, "Just, just give me a seven, man." He's like, "You, you can win the <laughs> hole if, if I make." <laughs> Because he was struggling, we kind of struggled a little bit. But three's tough hole. That the the new design of five makes it man. It's a long hole now. Fuck. It's it's literally almost pointless to go for it in two. Well, this yo yo, you have to just hit a good wedge, and it's like a posted stamp. Of oh, it's so small. But I you love that. Tell, you don't have to tell. Hit every fucking shot of mine for him. I mean. I remember it like yes, because I I remember it because I love it so much. I love it so much that I told my lady. I said, "Listen, we're going to the memorial tournament this year." So we went out on Saturday. I went out. I, w- I saw Fowler, saw Spieth, walked around, got a little lunch in a tent, walked around. I love that place. I love it. If it was in the South, I'd be a national member there if I could get in. But because it's like up. Yeah. It has no, I, I can't, why would I join a national membership in Ohio when I'm in West Virginia? Right. But. Good point. Yeah. I mean, that's true, bud. So. But it's a lot cheaper. It was, dudes are like half. Yeah, for sure. So did these. But no equity though. It's a flat out $110,000 check. You, uh, so you've played a lot of rounds of golf there. I mean, and I'm sure you've played a lot of gambling. Give us a good, good gambling story out there at Muirfield Village. Well, you're pretty tight with Jay Day out there too, huh? There's huge gambling here in, at Sherman. Really? Well, am I allowed to stay there? The IRS is going to come after us. <laughs> um, yeah, Muirfield, actually, you know what? There is a good, pretty good gambling story. It was during the Barefoot, probably three years ago. And I'm not going to name any names, just get anybody in trouble, but it's pretty fucking funny. Two other hockey players, young, younger guys. And like at the time, they were like 23-ish. And then I have my guest in, and he's like a de- degenerate gambler, like idiot, moron type gambler. Like I've actually won a million, there's a million sixty thousand dollars off him at Mirfield. Huh? Yeah. Like for real? Yeah. So then I, yeah. <laughs> Wait. Well. Did I get any of that? No. But I could show you the scorecard, and. It was a million sixty thousand. I won hole eight through eighteen, and each hole was ten thousand dollars or ten thousand per hole. And he pressed every single hole after that. So it was like I was up like plus eight, plus seven, plus six, plus five, plus four, plus three, plus two, plus nine, plus eight, plus seven, plus six, plus five, plus four, oh, three, yeah. two, two to one. And each one of those were ten grand. So would it? And then the last two holes, he bet fifty thousand. Straight up, one both those. So holes. It, at the I end mean, of so that round, to, like, what do you do? Like, hey, bud, uh, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Well, so not talking. There's, yeah, I'll share it offline. Okay. Um, but anyway, same guy, 
So we were doing again, 10 grand a hole starting on three. Well, so I'm like, I'm just going to sit back and watch these, these three idiots just gamble. I'm not even going to fucking play. You're up a million on this guy, bud. (laughs) Like, I don't even care. I'm like, it's, it gets, and plus the other two hockey guys, idiots too. So I'm just like, all right, this is going to be fireworks. Both of them, they, they tee off at great shots on three, all three of them in the water. And, and like seven ties the hole. So they're like, fuck it, 25 grand next hole, number four. Oh, so my buddy, my buddy hits it on the green. He's like 15 feet. One, the other hockey player holds it out of the bunk, left bunker for birdie. And we're like, oh, no. So then my partner misses. So he's down 35 grand. Next hole, he bets 50 grand, wins that hole. So now he's up 15 grand. So we go back to three. And they tie that hole for 25 grand. So the next hole is worth 50,000 and almost exact same situation, but it was like from 12 feet. He had 10 feet guy makes it for par. And right, right when he goes, he goes 25 grand, you won't make that makes it. So we're like, Oh my God. So now it's like 75,000. And then my partner was like, I bet you a hundred grand I make it. And they're like, no, no bet. He, then he makes it. So then they're arguing whether or not who owes somebody 75,000 or a hundred thousand. Jesus. Yeah. It, it was like the most I've ever seen in my life. And, and guess what? Guess how much money got exchanged? No. Zero. Zero. Wait, like, why do you like, people do why that? Why do they do that? Like, that's well, why like, like, dude. you're not like Michael. Right. So that's why I just hate like when people actually gambled like that on the golf mm. course, like we'll play like, Two, two, four automatic two down presses. Yeah. 200, 204. You're not sure what. So that gets, oh, yeah. You know, that can get, that gets yeah. nice. That gets into the $2,500, $3,000 range, right? Which I can see that, but that was one of the, the dumbest ones. But yeah, the, the million dollar one, I got to show you. I'll send you guys a picture of the scorecard and you can post it. It was pretty fucking oh my, funny. Wow. That would be awesome. But yeah, the thing on Muirfield again, it, it's like, uh, well, I got a funny story about Muirfield, bud. So we, we play the round. We have too many milkshakes. I'm sick. I'm so sick to my stomach. Like, this stupid Robin's like, why don't you get another one for the road? Okay, bud. Sure. Like, extra malt, half banana. <laughs> like, fuck. So we're in, the, we're in the van, Bash and I and our buddy Brandon. And Bash says to the driver, so, hey, bud, what do you do for a living? <laughs> he said, I work at Muirfield. <laughs> We're what? like, what? he's driving us in a Muirfield van. What do you mean? What does he do for a living? Like, well, I thought he up, did something, but I thought he did something. It's like Dumb and Dumber. Why are you going to the <laughs> airport? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought maybe he had another job. He's just working part time or something. That pro shop, the, the locker room, everything's first class there. I love that place. Me too. I, that's one I, I miss being there every day. And the guys there, the service there is incredible too. I don't like, Nicholas LaRocca and Larry is the head pro. Like, I don't think I've ever been told no. I've been told, like, let me see what I can do. But I've never been told no there. It's like the land of yes, we call it. They'll, they'll find a way. If you want something, I mean, like, no, uh, uh, well, yeah, we'll see what we can do. And then sure enough, there it is. You, you ever know? run across a guy named uh, Chris Parisi? Hmm. I think he's a Nash. Is he a member? Yeah, he is. He is a member. He's a good um, player, though. But he's from out Pittsburgh way, but. I just was curious. I might if like, I see him, you know, because if, if it's not like a guy that I see yeah. every day, like, what's it like playing with Jason Day at Muirfield Village? So funny that when he when he plays there with with me, he'll shoot, you know, sixty six, sixty seven, and then he just has like a snake bit or something when he plays at the Memorial. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I wish the Memorial was at double eagle because he shoots like 63 there every time it's fucking it's insane isn't it incredible to watch these guys in person especially somebody like day yeah it's like with those guys when there's like i don't want to say any pressure it's just like lights out it's just they don't miss a shot it's like it's actually annoying because when you're playing against them and you know they hit like a i mean they hit plenty of horrible shots you know what i mean where if I was in that position, I'd be like, oh, 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 this a bogey would be really good right now. And they get up and down for par. You're like, fuck off. Right when you think you have them, it's just like, what just happened? Like, I lost, I ended up three putting. I lost the hole. And I was like, I'm for sure winning this one. There's not a chance I'm, I'm like losing this hole. And you lose. You're like, 
the fuck just happened? Like, that, that, there's no way that just happened. Like, what? And then, and then you go to the next hole, and then you're all baffled, and then flustered. You start playing work. Yeah, you're flustered. You're like, and they're looking at you, kind of smiling. Because they know, dude. They're they like, they yeah. know. That's like that's like Bash and I. I mean, not to brag, but him and I are quite the duo on the ice, but at the old rec center. Um, <laughs> but like, if you guys came out to see us, you'd be like, what? The fuck are these two yeah, doing? Joke. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, the funny thing is, you saw one of us play like with you guys. We might look, you know, it will look good, but it would have to be like three of us on the same line because. Yeah, exactly. Because like, if we all three of us are playing, you might zig when I thought you should have zagged, and I'd be like, "What the fuck would yeah. you go that way?" When I would throw an area pass and you went the opposite way. I'm like, where were you going? So I'll look like an idiot, yeah. right? But if you play three of the guys in the same kind of, you know, uh, skill level, then you then you'd be like, oh my, you'd be like playing keep yeah. away from these guys, like the Harlem Globe. So, so I do got to get back to your hockey career. One, one quick uh, story I need to get is your rookie party. Do you have anything good from your rookie night party? And for what people, for people that don't know, NHL, NFL, Major League, I'm sure they all do the same thing, right? The rookies get together, they take all the rest of the team out, they split the bill amongst, hopefully there's four or five rookies because it's a lot lighter. So we, I got real lucky because obviously Chicago, they're kind of, um, you know, kind of building from within. Um, So I think there's seven or seven of us, maybe eight. Oh, fuck. yeah, so we were in San Francisco because we played in San Jose, and then so we took a we took the team bus down, you know, the Greyhound bus to San Fran, which was like an hour. So I think ours was with bar bill, dinner bill. I think it was around like forty six thousand or something. Forty, yeah, forty six. Because we had fucking Nikolai Hobby Boon ordering. Eighteen hundred, two thousand dollar bottles of wine, like open them like they're Candy. fucking yellow, like they're a yellowtail, you know. <laughs> so that he was just like pumping it up because he knew we had like seven. But let's see, there's one where might have been Columbus. We had like three, and I was like, ooh. So we actually capped it at ten thousand. So I only paid like six, six thousand. Uh, I think there's like yeah. eight of us. Yeah. Something like it's like sixty five hundred, where a lot of times they'll cap guys at like yeah. ten or twelve, and we and then the fine fund plays pays the rest. Which the fine you guys probably know what the fine fund. I don't know if some of your viewers know, but fine fund is like if you have like a family member in town, like your dad comes in town, like you put five hundred bucks up or thousand dollars up. If you win, you owe the team fund a thousand bucks, and all goes to like team parties, end of the year party, Halloween party, Christmas party whatever those kind of parties are or, you know, any, anyways. So like by the end of that, a lot of times there's, you know, 50, 50 grand in the team fund by the end of the year. Hopefully if you're winning team, there's probably even more. And then you could throw a big ass bash. So no, nobody's like kind of like taking money at the right. end of the year and paying for it. Use whatever you have. And if you have enough, then go you, have go, a party. you can go, go have a huge banger at, at the end of the year. So, for yeah. you, for for you, I know golf's an important part of your life right now. But what does golf mean to you as a as an individual? Well, I'm, it's you know I usually don't drink that much when I play golf or at all because I'm not one of those guys. You know, some of those dudes that pound like six mm-hmm. eight beers and they turn from like a nine to like a yes. three handicap. You're like, what? We have a buddy like that. Yeah, I. I go from like zero to yeah, a 13. me too. Like, I've just, so I can get like, I can have like, you know, four or so, mm-hmm. you know, but if I start, there's that sweet spot. But if I'm past the sweet spot, I mean, if I were you guys, I would bet whoever I'm playing against, put all mm-hmm. your money on him because I'm horrible. But so my point is, is that when I would go play golf, it was kind of like a, a mind release or, or a, a challenge at the same way. It's like, serenity like being in nature and just you know you're playing against yourself like how tough can you mentally be with every single shot with along with kind of like a little bit of like i said nature and the beauty of a golf course and architecture of like how certain things like you know you can get real deep into how how golf can mean 
mm. how meaningful it is and how you know zen of a moment mm-hmm. it can be oh, yeah. right so that's kind of how i use kind of like a release yeah. um of a stressful situation stressful life living in the fast lane all the time that you can kind of equally battle yourself but in a much calmer yeah. way well and you, and you think about it, it i mean if you look at if you look at your life of the last 38 years you've played one sport for almost your whole life it's golf yeah and, i mean you're still playing right. golf and you're going to play golf for another 20 years and you can play with your your daughters I'm, you have two daughters right yep three daughters three, three yeah and i mean yeah. think about that when you can play i mean it's exactly. just it's just such a cool game or you can play with a bunch of de- degenerates yeah. exactly you can play with a bunch of scratches and have a blast or you can play with a bunch of dudes that they try to drink a mm-hmm. beer a hole and yep. laugh at them cuz they're like you know, they've lost 14 balls by the ninth hole and it's hilarious right and everybody loves it so I mean, it's a game, like you said, you, they always say like golf and sex are the two things you don't have to be good at to have <laughs> yeah. fun at, right? <laughs> and I'm not good so. at either. <laughs> I mean, my man, yeah. Um, That's the best thing about it. Like you said, you could play with your, it could be like three, four generations. You can play with your dad, your grandpa, best. and like your great grandpa, yeah. you know, and like how many fucking, you can't, you can't do, that, do that in hockey. Dude. What other right. sport could you, you take know? 12 guys and go somewhere and play courses that Tiger Woods played, Jordan Spieth played, Ricky Fowler played? Like, even, you know, it, it's just a game unlike any other, man. And, and It's not like it I gets, can jump on on the rink in Columbus and play where that all those guys, like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, so, like, my friends that have played other professional sports, now they are addicted to golf. So it's just it's just one of those things, man, where you just comes full circle. So yeah, I mean, where else can you smoke three cigars and around the golf bud like I do? So right, and yeah. and twelve beers, right? And yeah. nobody's judging you. Everybody's Nobody like, judges. Oh, you had a great, this guy's great. Yeah, what a beauty. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <What a> beaut- <laughs> your son's birthday party. Somebody's gonna look at you like, Jesus, this guy should slow down a little bit. <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> I saw you. Uh, you met John Ashworth. Yeah. So I'll, I'll see John this weekend. Um, I go out to oh yeah Willie Wilcox yeah yeah I go play in the Lynx Hole event every year in September with my man Steve Peering so when this episode drops hopefully we already won the tournament because it starts Sunday but Beautiful. um that's a phenomenal family Hank and John man they're just exceptional people um you know he's they've a done great human being man like he's a top class human being he's good so dude. good for the, so good for the game brother so good oh for man. Him. What he did with that course and just the community, I mean, like, that is, like, it's a, and that course, man, like, you could go out and shoot seven under, eight under, or you could shoot 17 over, easy, yep. if you're not hitting them all well that day, man. <laughs> yeah, when, he, when he speeds up those greens, whoo, you better be on over. the right side, because you're going to have some trouble. Well, it's funny, because I know you played in that celebrity golf tournament, you were the celebrity, with mm-hmm. Willie Wilcox, and... We had Ben Carr on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and Willie caddied for Ben. Okay, at the USAM. At the US Amateur. That's right. He's runner up. Yeah, yeah. That's so it's insane. small world, man. You end up winning my uh, my division. Yeah, yeah. So George Burge, we, we're good buddies with George Burge, a country singer. He played yep. there as well, and he said that you two were hanging out and had a couple cold ones together. So cold ones. We had we had a black like that. That tournament is. Mike McGovern puts on such a great tournament there. I mean, it really does feel like a top end PGA Tour event. I mean, mm-hmm. the the concessions and everything, the everything they do. I mean, each player, each um, celebrity, you get like an X five BMW, or they, they get you a you know a, either a retired police officer or a police officers that's still on duty, but takes Jeez. he's literally your chauffeur wherever you want to go all day. Yeah, I mean, crazy. it is amazing, and yeah. you get to rip around in the M4s and M3s at the BMW track in Greenville. Um, Don't I mean, do that shit in Thor Dublin. Thor Blade is a phenomenal course. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of went crazy when I was there with <laughs> with birdies. I mean, I mean, I was uh, really didn't Light have up. his best shot, but I, I, I kept the team pretty strong. There you go. Cool. That's a that's a good man right there. Yeah. Well, James, we're fun. gonna uh we're gonna turn this segment over to our tap in segment. 
Uh, Jonathan's going to ask you four questions that the man, your quick-witted response, brought to you by Bettinardi Golf. Take it, my man. All right. Lowest round at Muirfield. 66. Whoo. Most memorable moment on the ice. Uh, World Junior gold medal. All right, you got a round at Augusta, but need one more for a foursome. Who you calling? My father. Ah, nice. All right, and last one. What are you chasing? Is this like a a legit question, or is anything I want to say? No, what are you chasing in life? Uh, Being being the best person I can be. Yeah. Yeah, That's, That's what it's all about. That's good. I mean, or chase birdies too, but whatever you golf question would be like make it to the match play for like you know a usam or something that would be like would be like the a golf question that'd be pretty right. cool well, well man we can't up, thank man. you enough well dude he's coming out here oh I, I was, i'm gonna see you guys i'm gonna change my flight october 6th and um if you guys because my flight right now i get in at 6 p.m i can just change it till i get in somewhere around noon what, october right. 6th you're getting yeah, in it, october 6th yeah, I'm playing in the uh, Oakmont's it's the the Founds F O W N E S. Have you played the Oakmont? No, and I Oh, so oh my god. Playing with uh John and um some boys out here out west. He says they're member member the greens were at a 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, dude, what it's the fuck play at a 16 at Oakmont. Yeah, dude, you're going to have a fucking blast. But you're going to have a 60 yard chip. Actually, yeah, if you can get in that morning, we can peg it up somewhere. Yeah, I can do that. Easy. Or if you want to stay yeah. a day later. Well, we're so we're driving Friday. Oh. To go to Muirfield. All right. We're not. Oh, yeah. We're not PJ. Just gonna drive there. And I'm gonna play Just Friday, see. Saturday, and then I go to North Carolina um, for another like where you have like three amateurs and a pro. Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. So it's like pros play their own ball and like have their own tournament, but they also count like you know their ball and another ball or whatever. Cool. So forgot what course we'll, is that supposed to be a good course we'll group text you right now after this and get it get it all dialed in we'll fit we'll, there's tons of good golf maybe you take him over to laurel yeah boys yeah, we'll right. get some dialed in. thank you very much for having me fabulous job there bud huh mm, what an interview that was with james Wisniewski. wiz is a beauty um the story about Mirafield Village, dude, taking all that money off someone. If someone owed you a mill, would you go get it? You probably would never hear from me again, but I mean, no, you're right. You would be all over that shit, like white on rice. I mean, hey, if you can't you can't put your money where your mouth is, you probably shouldn't be shouldn't be betting that amount of money, right? That's, That's... as simple as and plus your friends, dude. That's what I I don't know, I don't know. But that's the coolest thing about playing golf, guys, especially with a good group of guys. I mean, you got to get the bets going. You know, you got to call the odds out. You got to bet. You got to pay your bets. At the end of the day, you got to pay your bets, bud. And that's why Venmo is fantastic for paying bets. I'm a big Venmo guy. I never had a big Venmo guy here. And, and, uh, but yeah, Wiz Wiz told some fabulous stories. I know that we're going to be pegging it up with him here in in a week or so here in Morgantown, West Virginia. It's going to be a blast to, See him and, and, and play, but I don't think we're going to be playing for that amount of money. Nah, nah, we better take it easy on this time around. Um, but I will tell you this much. When we are on the course, I'm going to have this player brand Biltong in my bag, which I brought a couple bags out here to Oregon. Uh, it's really good Biltong, which is a type of jerky people from South Africa. Uh, player brand Biltong, again, check them out online. And when you go to the checkout, Order a couple bags of jerky, type in Birdies 10 at the checkout, get you 10% off. It's a must-have staple for your Saturday afternoon round, Sunday morning pick-me-up at the turn. It's phenomenal. Not not too salty and has great flavors. So I uh, wanted to give a quick shout-out there to the boys over at yeah, Player Brand Built On. All right, bud. Um, but at any rate, uh, no, guys, uh, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. And... Um, you know, here on Chasing Birdies in two weeks, we'll have another release. Keep doing what we're doing, and but I'm mm-hmm. sure you'll be uh, you'll be creeping up to Nemico in here for a little bit, huh? Yeah, I mean it's the best. As I said, it's my favorite time of the year, my man, at Nemico, and uh, the leaves are turning, a little crisp in the air. Got a vest on, some shorts, maybe some joggers, 
go play quick nine, go chase the animals around. It's the best. Nemicolon.com. They always take care of the boys when we're up there, even when we're not there. Tom Smith, Chris Barron, Kelly O'Donnell, the boys are always grooving for for us and uh, and and they treat everybody like family up there. So make sure you check them out. Nemicolon.com. Yeah, great people, great place. Go do that. And uh, fall golf is here, guys. Football season is in full swing. And we at Chasing Birdies are changing the clocks pretty soon. <laughs> we all are. Getting out the fall wardrobe with some Holderness and Bourne. We got plenty of toboggans, beanies coming here on ChasingBirdies.com. So be sure to check that out. Keep your ears, wor- ears mm-hmm. warm. Um, and, you know, just keep doing what y'all are doing, man. We appreciate all the love, the support. My man, you got anything you want to say? Nothing. Just keep chasing. And keep anything cha- you do, keep chasing. That's it, man. Thank you to Eva and your team over at Simpler Media for putting this thing together. Rachel London, Jacqueline DiPateria for all your social media help. You girls kicking ass. And we will catch you all here in two weeks on Chasing Birdies. Peace.